Jason Zerbin and Peter Mall of Zerbin have joined The Antidote for a talk about their new EP and their upcoming album. Well, tell us about the background of Zerbin. How did it start and why? Zerbin started uh, initially with uh, just me doing my solo stuff. And then pretty early on, I met Peter and uh, saw him drumming. And we kind of started collaborating on stuff. And then it moved from just a solo thing to a band thing. Uh, pretty quickly, and it brought us to where we are today. Now, something else, you jumped ship. You moved from Edmonton and headed west to Victoria. So has the change in locale helped at all? We had built and grown in Edmonton for a number of years till we felt uh, that we were at a real comfortable place in the scene. And for me personally, it was just a time of moving. In my life, I moved to the west coast of Victoria, and Peter actually still lives in the Edmonton area. So we kind of go between both. What's it like producing music as a two-piece? I mean, is that a challenge or does it simplify the creation? Uh, well, we're fortunate enough to be able to produce our own music, which is a huge help creatively and financially. And just being able to have the freedom to, you know, if one of us has an idea, it's not like, oh, well, I got this one idea. Let's find a studio to work in. Let's find an engineer to do the stuff. Let's, let's make all these plans. And, you know, two weeks later, you finally have a place. But with us, it's like, oh, well, I've got an idea. Let's step five meters into the studio at the house and, you know, plug away at it. We're also very hands-on people, so I think if we were to have any more than two people in the room giving creative input, it might collapse on itself. Sometimes even having two people in the same room is a bit of a stretch for us, but we make it work. We're very opinionated people. You're speaking about your music, but Zerbin's music ranges from light worshipful tracks to stadium rock to indie folk rock and everything in between. Wouldn't it be easier just to have a single focus? I think our focus is pretty clear for us. We're just uh, trying to make music that we like, that we believe in, and that we think holds some sort of artistic merit and value. Um, we make music for everybody. We try not to associate ourselves with a specific industry, but we just make music and we, you know, we make it for people. So to carry on with that, the new EP, Touch, is a big departure from the 2010 release of Fools in Gold. But does the EP really reflect on what's going to happen on your upcoming full length? I think for me, and I'll let Peter kind of jump in here in a minute, but for me, the EP is a little bit of catching up for songs that we've had in our pocket for a while and just haven't been released, as well as kind of pointing towards where things are going. Um... You'll notice in the EP, a few, you know, a few different flavors between the folk and rock songs and the folk stuff. And I think our music is still in a bit of an evolution, uh, just as music in general is these days. And we try not to really respond to what's popular, but just kind of forge our own way in what we're liking and what we're listening to. So part of the EP is just, you know, the catching up of some old songs that haven't been released and also some new ones that will also be on the full length, kind of hinting at what's to come. I agree with that. Uh, I think we're very anxious to get back in the studio to make the full length. I think the EP, yeah, as Jason said, is kind of catching up because a lot of the songs, or most of the songs that are on the EP were written, you know, one or two years after the full length came out. So it's still like a bit of, again, catching up to where we've been for the past two years. So yeah, I, I would still say to people who listen to our music that um, kind of another face of Zerbin is sort of about to be revealed in the full length, so we're not quite finished yet defining who we are. I don't think we'll ever be. But does that mean you're going to frighten people with the new album? 
<laughs> no, I don't think there'll be any frightening. I think it'll be good. Well, the stuff that we're writing and creating now is probably the stuff we're the most proud of so far. And uh, yeah, I think we're really excited to show people what's to come with the music. So nothing to worry about. So this means the album's really just in the initial planning stages. There's nothing definite yet. No, we have a number of the songs written, a number of the songs we're actually playing on tour, um, and a bunch of them in various stages of production, some in pre-production, others ones, we actually have a lot of it recorded. So we're in process with the full length. I think it'll be out sometime next spring is the goal. And we've just been on tour, so when we get back, we're going to be just kind of hunkering down in the studio in early 2014 and finishing it all up. You able to give away an album name yet? I don't even think we know no. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, I hit Peter in the face with the microphone. We don't really know yet. The album still has to tell us what it's supposed to be. You've been making some big waves, though, in the music scene. You've had your music included on a couple of TV shows and the film Going the Distance with, what was it, Drew Barrymore? So how did that ever come about? How did you set that up? I've been working with a number of different companies uh, in the States who do licensing for television and commercials and as an independent artist nowadays that's where a lot of income and publicity comes from so we've been really excited to grow those relationships we've had some exciting placements as well as a lot of stuff actually that's in the works right now that we can't even mention but some things that we may be able to announce within the next few weeks if they all come together and it's just opportunities for our music to get out there on larger platforms and pretty excited about all of that. Back in 2009, you guys were nominated at the CGMA Awards for Best New Artist. Anything come of that? Do you want, do you want the politically correct answer or the truth? At the time, we thought it would be a great opportunity. Um, and for us, it was you know a bit of an affirmation that we were heading in the right direction and in the efforts that we were putting with music. But I think as all things are in the music industry, they don't quite deliver to your expectations. Uh, also, we've been focusing much more in the mainstream context as a band. That's just where we see our efforts going. Is you know, when you look at the Christian industry in Canada, it doesn't really <laughs> exist for music anymore, and people just listen to what they listen to. And we want to make music for everybody. So, for us, it was kind of actually a little bit of a realization that that industry and how it looks isn't something that we associate ourselves with in a big way. Apart from you know, we love worship and that aspect of it, and that's who we are. But the industry itself is just an industry. It's a business. And, and the way it carries itself is just not something that we really are stoked to partner with. So we've been focusing a lot more on the mainstream stuff. Okay, but carrying on on that same thought, you obviously you're not aiming it towards a Christian market, aiming it more towards the mainstream. But does your Christian faith influence your music still with your current efforts? Yeah, well, I'll speak to this and Peter can as well. It's difficult for me to write music that I don't believe in or at least feel an association with. What we believe informs our thought process and, and the art that we create, and I think that comes through in the music that comes out. You know, we, this is who we are. People can take it or leave it. That being said, we try to just be who we are, and there's some things that are embraced by Christian culture that are just weird to us. You know, we love the supernatural, and we love all those sorts of those things. Um, miracles and healings and stuff. So that's not the weird stuff. It's more just like the culture of modern day church can be, you know, sometimes we, I'd rather listen to CBC Radio 1, you know, that's, that's me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think who we are as individuals, like Jason said, just kind of forms how we write the music and, and it's an expression regardless of labels. So 
you know, the music that we make, it comes from who we are, not, you know, a specific genre or title. There's no prerequisite to, well, we're going to write this song as a, you know, someone of the faith or someone of, you know, secular. They're just like honest songs about life and love and, you know. One of your outstanding tracks on the Touch EP is New Earth. So you're trying to take a page from Mumford & Sons' playbook on that one? Nope. New Earth actually was written before we really, really knew what Mumford & Sons was doing. I guess if there's perhaps some association because it's folky, but it's done production-wise and instrument-wise and melody-wise, I think it's pretty different. People love to bring comparisons. Um, Someone said it sounded like Viva La Vida to us once. That's fine if people... Coldplay is the biggest biggest, uh, token that people will gravitate towards because, you know, for the past 10 years, if someone had a piano in their band, they'd be like, well, they sound like Coldplay. Or if someone had delay in their guitars, they'd be like... Oh, well, that's very U2 influenced or, you know, people just need something to grab onto to explain other bands, but pretty bad at it. All right, that being said, we actually like all of those bands yeah. for sure. Another Zerbin song I've been enjoying is uh, Take Your Heart. So fill us in about both the song and your absolutely great video. Maybe I'll mention the song. Peter can chat about the video. Uh, Take Your Heart was actually written a while ago. It was written as more of an acoustic folky track and then... Just through circumstances, it ended up getting produced pretty rock and roll, which even now live, we actually do a version of it that's a lot more folky. And it was one of those songs, you know, that was just written for me, reflecting life and personal relationships and situations like that. And just uh, the risk that love requires is kind of what the song's about. Yeah, it's just one of those things that it's kind of, I have a love-hate relationship with it because it ended up being a very rock and roll song, which is cool sometimes, but then there's this whole other kind of the soul of it initially was a lot more folky and uh sometimes i miss that we didn't record that we may actually do a version of it on the full length that's more folky video um we had decided to make take your heart the new single and we wanted some more traction on it as it was being released to radio so we thought hey let's let's put out a video and it actually helped with the release of the single and everything else but a friend of ours on the island his name is dave wallace we approached him and uh, sat down for about a day and a half and thought up some crazy ideas, bounced some ideas back and forth off each other in his in his studio for that time and uh, ended up with that interesting concept. We kind of came to the conclusion that there's far too many serious music videos out there and why try to have crying people or far too much drama in your music video when you could just have fun and, you know, make people laugh, I think. Me, personally, I'd rather watch something that makes me chuckle or entertains me than, you know, watching someone on their bed in their bedroom crying about something happening. Music videos bore me. I'm not a big fan of music videos in general, so. But the dog takes the cake. So what's the dog's name? dog's name was Roxy. She was the star of the show. Except by the end, she didn't like me because I had to run with her a lot, and it was pretty traumatic for a little dog. But uh, she was like the best, cutest little dog ever. And for everybody listening in, forget about the music, forget about the band. You just have to go and see the dog. You produced a song called Miracle, but if you could have a miracle in your own life, what would it be? That's difficult. It's like a question. If you had three wishes or one wish, do we want a selfish miracle or do we want a practical miracle for someone else? But you're going to get to reveal your true inner self. I think the ability to create and be able to live life creating art and something you value isn't of itself a miracle. I think having any measure of success in the music industry nowadays would be a miracle. You know, being able to do this would be amazing. Um, that being said, there's a lot of broken things in the world, a lot of situations, circumstances, 
personally with people that we know and family and friends that have gone through some really tough times. So I think, well, obviously, I mean, we'd probably want to see sickness and disease and cancer and all that stuff just disappear. But we're kind of, we're trying to make music that maybe could see that happen. Sound waves that heal cancer, stuff like that. Peter, you haven't shared yet. You got to fill us in on your opinion. Man, a miracle. Um, I would love to be able to make music for the rest of my life and have a house in Tahiti or some exotic destination. That would be great. Jason and Peter, thanks for sitting down with The Antidote and best of luck with your EP and your upcoming album. Thanks so much. Thank you.